This is Decentralized Radio. I'm Tristan. And I'm Ryan. The goal of this podcast is to help educate you on how to live your most optimal life. We will host industry expert guests to shed light on topics that matter. We are not gurus, rather two individuals who have had to pave their own path to health and vitality, independent of the centralized systems that plague modern society. Today on the show, we are talking to Ryan Carter, who is a registered nutritional therapist, sports nutritionist, and a leader in personalized health optimization and founder of his health coaching company, Live Vite. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can create your own optimal health for yourself in your situation in a personalized fashion. Let's get into the show. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Decentralized Radio. Today, we have Ryan Carter on the podcast. How's it going, Ryan? Amazing. Great to be alive. <laughs> so, Ryan, where are you right now? In a cafe in San Juan del Sur in Nicaragua, which is in Central America, in between Guatemala and Costa Rica. That's incredible. So, for those of you who don't know Ryan, he's, you know... Known as live vite, which uh, you know is a great saying and a great way to kind of live your life. But he is the embodiment of, of decentralization from the health perspective, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But for those who don't know you too well, Ryan, I don't know how often you do kind of like a background story. But what is the reason why you got so into health and now are you know one of the you know leading experts in, in optimizing one health? one's health and and kind of especially towards the quantum health side of things how did you get to this point so it typically well it manifested with my own health issues and health concerns i would say 95 percent of people out there who in the health space who are a clinician or practitioner this is their main entry into the space finding out looking for answers because the information that we have is extremely conflicted and detailed it's not really given us the keys it's not it's not opening the doors it's literally okay here it is and it's just like pure information what does that really mean and from this it was just curiosity stumbling on things trying things out and things working things not working and I was like what the hell's going on here can someone help me with this I reached out to a practitioner at the time who was quote unquote decentralized. And for me, this was a nutritional therapist in, in England where I'm from. So it's not a nutritionist. It's not a dietitian. It's literally someone thinking for themselves for the client's or patient's best interests. This is what, for me, nutritional therapist, nutritionist, it's, it's interchangeable, but this is what it's tied to with being a decentralized health optimization clinician, which is what I would describe myself as. And just thinking for myself. And of course, it's very important to be educated. It's very important to understand physiology, um, safety. It, it's all about understanding things for that individual level. And this literally just blew my mind how the things such as the environment, the seasons, maternal heritage, haplotype, uh, antibiotic exposure, um, just so many things and can interact, our hu- like interact with our human body and drive just massive changes and different responses and this is just fascinating on top of this our behavior which is the key factor with our choices with our identity of who we are our purpose so again it's just like this was a big like mind blower to me basically and um just jumped in and 
I'd say eight years, eight, 10 years later, I am right now fully decentralized, I would say. Um, again, amazing health, a clinician who actually has got great health, who's all about striving for using less and truly understanding first principles. So I'm not running around like with my tail between my legs or moving my goalposts, whether it's okay now I can, it's safe to add in fruit or okay, cool, let's do this or it, whatever it is. It's understanding first principles and how this applies. This is the key thing to understand um, for any wannabe, wannabe um, clinician out there or practitioner in the space. So, I mean, that, that's my history. But again, it, it manifested on my own health issues and health struggles, which are long gone. Um, and just a complete change in, a, in myself, who I am, what I stand for, how I behave, how I see things, my perception of things. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you're one of my favorite people to ever talk to about stuff like this, because I feel like I I've worked with many clinicians for my own health and I've followed all the people that you could possibly follow on social media in the health alternative health space. And you're truly one of the people that keeps it real on every single level. And I have the highest respect for that. And you're always learning and educating yourself to better treat your own clients, but also better treat yourself. You're not dogmatic. You don't subscribe to any one belief as being um, the end all be all. You're always open to new information. I think that's something that I really uh, enjoy having you on for. And I think is going to be valuable, valuable for our audience as well. And working with so many people, you've seen probably a lot of different uh, health scenarios. And for me personally, having worked with many different clinicians, I've been through a lot of different sort of uh, practices or methods of thought around health. And so talking about other influencers or experts or all these things. So talking about sort of other influencers and and health issues that are out there, everyone seems to, at least on the on the social media sphere, be looking for a boogeyman, whether it's um, seed oils or mold or NEMF or heavy metals or any one thing. That's sort of like a, a theme I see is we kind of bounce around as a community. And so I wanted to ask you, what do you think in general, a lot of other quote health experts miss when it comes to people's issues on a systemic disease level? The true essence of energy transfer in the human body, number one. So a, a few tweets. And just for my own education, funny enough, and I read this book two years ago all about melanin, which is the pigment on our skin. And it just, it, when you actually understand it, it is essentially the driver of all energy in the human body, of dissociation of water, like hydrogen and oxygen. And this is just a massive gap in like what health nutrition food led experts talk about and again it just blows their mind because this is encompassing like quantum physics and again it's not in your education syllabus to learn so again why are you going to be educating this your commissions of selling functional medicine testing and supplements don't depend on this so it's, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow when you truly understand what this actually means and represents it's like a complete mind fuck basically because again it just blows up central uh, centralized thinking and again i would actually say functional medicine alternative health even like your previous guest brian sanders 
again, it's still centralized thinking that, okay, eating a little bit more meat and that's the answer. Well, again, that's like down here thinking. Sure, depending where you are, it's, it's a big lever. But again, it's not the holy grail. It's not the take home, basically. It's not how our physiology underpins and thrives whether or not we have grass or beef or ordinary beef. Again, that's based on like how nitrogen fun- fundamentally works within the human body um, and why beef or eating meat and why most diets, generally even a vegan diet, can actually do wonders because most people now care about their protein intake. So again, it's just a bit of an irony to, to, and a hard pill to swallow to understand that, okay, the human body is obviously more advanced than a plant, but melanin is actually more advanced than chlorophyll or chloroplast essentially of how it drives or splits water basically um so just understanding this and then on top of that it's actually true biophysics and then we're getting in the world of like albert st georgie um understanding water or um, gilbert ling understanding how water is the capacitor of how we actually store information and how this is all intertangled with proteins in our body And when I say proteins, I'm discussing things like receptors, enzymes, RNA, neurotransmitters, hormones. Because, again, when we look at a biochemistry textbook, we just see this like beta carotene molecule or this tyrosine molecule. We're not seeing the essence of actually how this plays out in life or in reality, because essentially human bodies are a sack of water inside the cells, a sack of water. And again, this water is interacting with the electromagnetic frequency of our environment. And again, not the native, not the man-made stuff. I'm just talking about the life force that's around us. So again, like this is just like a complete head split opener for a nutritionist to comprehend. And then obviously when you're dishing it out and saying how it is, you're ruffling some feathers. Because again, people just comprehend this message because it goes way above their level of thinking, essentially. But again, I can also just have that understanding of okay where we are with this person or what kind of people am i talking out uh, talking to like am i going to be talking about how melanin works with someone here who's eating junk and not really sleeping well no not really that's might not be moving the needle for him but obviously it's going to entail like outdoor exposure circadian rhythms these basic principles which again is catching on but the issue i find now is like people like mark hyman in the space who's very popular and again, he does some great things and he promotes, uh, I would say, a mediocre message. But again, there's some good things that he does do, that, that he does, that he does, sorry. Um, but again, he'll be talking about like, the mitochondria as if it's a bloody organ. And, it, and it's not. <laughs> so, or like here are the nutrients for improving micron- uh, mitochondria function. Like it, it, it really doesn't work like that. Uh, and then like you have the seed oil camp and all this kind of shit. And again, there's just common sense there, like really. Um, and again, even there's like context within the seed oil camp or PUFA camp with like this pro-metabolic community who are just taking thyroid hormones and they're just basically still cold. Okay, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, an, there's an issue there. There's a disconnection to, between your, your ideology and fundamentally what goes on with PUFA. Um, and even talking about glucose, why maybe in the winter you want your glucose a little bit elevated because it's a bit like antifreeze and you want your cell membranes fluidity to actually change. And again, where's the context here? Oh, we see the changes in the actual food that we should be ingesting in these type of seasons, depending where you are. And again, like, why would you 
Why would you want to be promoting a saturated fat diet where there's no coconuts or avocados or these type of foods growing? And the same thing, I'm in Nicaragua right now. I'm getting a stimulus of the sun on my skin. I'm not going to be eating wild salmon. Even the fish here and the shellfish here that's readily available, its DHA content is actually dramatically different where, where it is here compared to where it is in the UK. And again, people just don't understand that these variations do matter. The information stored in the nutritional content, whether it's looking at it from an energetic, energetic perspective with calories, a macronutrient ratio perspective or a micronutrient ratio perspective, there's energy and order inside of this with how these chemicals have been structured and stored as mass, basically. And humans reverse this process in our gut, essentially, as we liberate and break down these bonds and basically release biophotons this is basically what the microbiome does but yet you'll be hearing people about oh it's all about taking probiotics but again this is the big disconnect between how we sense light and sense time and this ties back to circadian rhythm and our perception of things because if again everyone can see light but how do we actually truly perceive these colors it's not always the same um just like someone could be eating i don't know this having this protein shake right here but again, for me, that'd be satiating enough when someone else, they need more and more um, because they're not perceiving the, the, the potential energy in that food or the information buried in that food because their system is basically a big pile of shit or, or chaos is what I would term. So again, this is understanding first principles, understanding um, entropy, disorder, um, chaos, all these kind of principles in, in physics, which is key in biology, basically. And then you can boil it down further about the spins of things or the quantum physics of things. And even I, I struggle with truly understanding these mechanisms and trying to learn this every single day. Because then this is, this is part and parcel of being a practitioner on the front line. I'm not going to be stuck here sitting in an office regurgitating the same thing, telling people to fear this and I've got the, the gut solution for them or take these hormones. I'm truly going to be educating and empowering them about why maybe they're in a mess and what to do about it. But even then, there's so much context within that. It, it's not just the message about, okay, go outside and take your clothes off. There's much more in there. There's behaviors. There's traumas at play here. Um, and there's so many connections here to, to start with. So again, it's being a clinician or doing what I'm doing is, is, is it's a true art and skill, I would say. You, you are a, an artist, basically, with the tools at your disposal and truly understanding what this person or client is ready for. What are they ready to perceive? Are they ready to mount an immune response? Are they ready to take antimicrobials if that's um, a true um, protocol to be doing in this moment in time? Or can we actually improve the redox of the cell and actually induce our own response to it? So again, it's just, I don't know where we went with the question, <laughs> but this is how I, this is where I see people going wrong is like, they just, going around with their, their heads up their asses and calling people out. And again, like you could say that I call people out or bring down people. Again, I'm just saying how it is. And people can get offended or take it for whatever it is. And again, like, I don't really care. I'm just trying to share wisdom, basically. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think what Ryan asked is kind of like, yeah, what, what are health practitioners missing? And it's clear to me, you know, just I want to summarize kind of you mentioned so many great things, but overall, right? Like this is a customizable individualistic approach 
and why I like, you know, you call yourself a health optimization coach is, or, you know, practitioner is because you're looking at the individual level and their individual situation, environment, zip code, everything, all the above. And this is why it is actually decentralized. And even more so if, if people who are listening to this, they want to become empowered truly at the you know individual level, they, they need to be, you know, the experts of their own body because nobody else really knows exactly what's going on in, in the environment to that degree. And that's also why, you know, centralized health systems, whether it's, you know, your classic checkup with your general practitioner, I mean, they see you for 10, 15 minutes, and then you're out the door, or your, your classic dietitian or nutritionist on Instagram, who's just selling, you know, meal prep guides or, or cookbooks. I mean, this could be totally different depending on the context of your environment, like you're saying. So that matters. Yeah. Locality of food sources matters and seasonality. Um, I know we want to get a little bit more into that because Ryan and I both live, you know, we're, we're coming out of a pretty brutal winter and I want to get in more to these topics of like how you can optimize a protocol, say for winter uh, as opposed to summer, but high level, um, you know, maybe we start going a little bit down the light circadian rabbit hole. Um, you, you went into a lot of details as you know, like Mark Hyman talks about mitochondria. A lot of people talk about mitochondria and for sure they really don't understand, you know, how, how it truly functions and how important light and, um, you know, signaling and everything goes, uh, in our body. And, and, you know, a lot of people are now talking about grounding and earthing and absorbing free electrons, but I think they're missing, you know, a lot of the bigger picture. So keeping it a little bit at like 30,000 feet, you know, why? And, and still, I mean, Ryan and I wear blue light blockers pretty consistently. I still feel like people wear them because they hear, you know, it's a good thing at night to dim your screens. But in reality, I don't think they understand the magnitude of, of why this is so important. So maybe we dive a little bit into this and uh, and explain a little further on, on why light matters so much and, and how this affects, you know, humans every day at the mitochondrial level. Sure. So first principle thinking here was life happens from the from the change of the atmosphere, which was reaction with the sun, changing oxygen tensions and carbon dioxide, basically. And sunlight is the key driver because it's also working with darkness as well. And the human body works on feedback loops between light and dark. So again, it's a bit like this principle of Chinese medicine of yin and yang. Without light, you can't have darkness. Without darkness, you can't have light. And again, this feedback mechanism allowed for the day and night to change and changing the chemical constitutes or the reactivity inside the cell. So sunlight, like we said from the start, touching upon melanin, was is a free source of energy of, of being like a bit like a battery. So again, it's providing the energy but providing the information a bit like it's a wave light is a wave and a particle and this is programming from the top down within our brain and our skin again same, driven from the same sort of embryology development the brain and skin is very closely related and without this input everything else can go to chaos essentially so again it's it's a bit like being at an airport, you're trying to catch a flight, but the flight coming in is delayed. 
maybe when you go to check in, the person at the checkout counter is like, slept bad and like they made a mistake to your ticket and send you to the wrong gate the announcement of the flight is just made a mistake as well your baggage ends up after you get on the flight somewhere else so again it's a bit of a shit show this again is happening within us within our body relaying these messages buried in our nervous system buried in our in our plasma essentially in our blood buried in our hormones and buried in our collagen as well so again, we are picking up all these light signals or electromagnetic frequencies, which is where light would be fitting in here and making sense out of them. And when we're making sense out of them, we're driving order and we're keeping our entropy rates in check, essentially. And when we don't, we can see thermodynamics essentially change and alter within the organism. And again, you can see this wild organisms the birds especially that like you can hear they'll be going back into their homes that when the sun set it's only humans really that disobey these sort of principles and laws or zoo animals or pets which obviously are influenced by humans so again it's just like we are setting ourselves up to fail when we don't understand these first principles or when we just completely take a food pro sorry food first approach all the time and not understanding that timing of things really matter. Without the timing of things, nothing's really going to be efficient. And we want to be efficient because things such as protein marking or methylation or all these advanced biochemical terms don't occur. We need energy to be there. And again, we see the issues here when people can't sleep. Essentially, people can't sleep because they're not producing sufficient adenosine during the day. And this adenosine is actually the key regulator of our sleep. It's not really melatonin. Melatonin's in the mix. But again, it's this neurotransmitter adenosine to build up. And again, without energy and producing energy, we're not going to sleep very effectively as well. So again, this is the true mechanism of, of why light is very important. But again, it's buried in this information at different times of the day we're essentially getting different information. So again, right now in Nicaragua, it's 5.30. It's the sun's changing. Yeah, it, it's still, it's approaching like more red light. The visible spectrum is changing. The UVA is gone. But again, now this is sort of the same, same sort of light wavelengths as the morning. But again, the intensity, the temperature is actually different. The Kelvin's actually different. But again, this is going to be doing something completely different to my biology opposed to the sunrise. Yet the sort of the, the wavelengths are sort of the same. So again, it's just like there's so much energy and information buried in light, traveling and interacting with our electrons in our body. This is basically what it's about. Yeah, and I just want to confirm one thing. So so the, the SCN, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, is in like your eyes and your retina, and that processing is happening at the highest level. Um, because like you're talking about the clock speed needs to be, you know, at the baseline, the fastest to be able to in sync, be in sync with everything in the rest of your body. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So an analogy by uh, Dr. Jack Cruz would be, it's a bit like your mobile phone mm -hmm. and the satellite in the ionosphere, the, uh, the satellite is going around faster and the speed's faster. So then that you can be at the right destination, basically, when you're asking Google for directions, that's not on point. Or if that's a bit slow and delayed, you're going to be ending up in Timbuktu, essentially. Now, I think there's actually there's own, its own eye clock, which is 
the the true first principle and and relaying the message that I believe it has to be faster than the SEN, and then the SEN is going to be faster than the peripheral system. And again, that is setting the pace, the pacemaker. Again, like I said, the skin's got innovations that go back up into the the brain. Um, we also got the microbiome releasing and doing their things that, as well. They're releasing light and information and energy to the human body throughout the clock. Um, but again, we we control it and we interact it. We interact that with the environment, basically. So it, this is why, like, the eyes are so important. But it, it's not. It would be ignorant to say, like, the light that's hitting the rest of your body doesn't matter at all. You know. So in reality. Well, it yeah, does. Well, yeah. well, this is the issue. This is the issue of just thinking you can get with, by with well, wearing yeah, blue, like exactly. glasses. And, and again, I, I, I can call out, I'll call out Ryan right now on the call. It'd be like, I've told him before about like having that flashing light and sauna in the background and like being indoors, like wearing blue light blockers doesn't give you the right to be under artificial light, essentially. Now, it's going to be obviously a step in the right direction. It's a bit like someone promoting whole foods and single ingredients but still being plant-based in theory. Um, so again, it's, it's, it's moving the needle, but is it an A star? Do you want to be, do you want to get an A or do you, are you happy with a C? And again, that's based on your values. Cause again, everyone's got different values in their life and we have to accept that. So again, someone might enjoy and it's worth more for them to enjoy McDonald's than to be educated, empowered, their food choices. That's, that's how they want to live their life and you accept it. Um, but again, I think this is where you can come to the issue. And again, there's a guy on Instagram, a uh, guy on Twitter called, I think his name is Zach Strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, promotes like a meat-based diet, ketogenic-ish with steak and eggs. Yeah, every single image that he takes of his food is indoors mm-hmm. and under artificial light. And it's always in, uh, sometimes it's at night. And he's going like, okay, yeah, like this, this cholesterol is good for me. And again, he just doesn't understand the conundrum that he's in. Where, in fact, actually, that could probably be a recipe, no matter what food it is, of an issue. Because, again, his body is trying to make uh, order out of that that food at the wrong time of day. And his brain's just essentially been hijacked because, again, the eyes are the extension of the brain. So what what is the best solution for, like, indoor lighting? Is it just to get red light bulbs everywhere, incandescence? Like, what, what is the best way to kind of, you know, make some progress... Um, on top of, you know, using blue light blockers, because, you know, get in all the natural light you can, I think during the day, but at night, um, is, is it the move to just switch to red and incandescent bulbs and just have just, your lights just off? Just don't do what Ryan does. Just don't do what I do. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> so, so during the day, ideally, you'd have your windows open. Mm-hmm. And again, even that on a latch, that is going to be doing something. That's going to be Again, there's some scientific experiments called the double slit experiment, which showed that light can do like weird things, reflect and essentially just like bounce through and make its way to really far-fetched or imaginable scenarios. So having a window open would be a step in the right direction. Um, I personally would not be by a window in direct light thinking that I'm getting good sunlight it's a bit of a misnomer you don't really want to put up a barrier or something blocking the sunlight with your bare skin or eyes you're actually altering the spectrum and causing problems 
and that's that would be the same thing with applying contact lenses, glasses, sunglasses, sun cream, clothes, pollution. You you name it. Even I would say like moisturizers. Uh, you could probably say beef tallow. Going too hard with that is going to be interacting how your skin is going to be functioning. Um, so again, this we want direct interaction with the light. But other principles would be, yeah, to, to turn down the, the artificial blue spectrum alone. It will be trying to get like red or orange light bulbs. Again, red is always present in our environment, more so than blue. blue red will be coming first prior to blue coming up. Blue light is never alone. This is why blue light is a problem. You can also get UV reptile bowls to put in your house. Uh, to give you some UV light as well. Uh, you can use things such as the spurty lamp as well. Um, you can use red light therapy devices as well. But again, the first principle would just be like trying to keep your windows open. Try to get indirect brightness coming in. Using things such as Iris on your laptop. Because again, I, I use my technology. I use my computer. But again, I'm offsetting it right now in partial indirect sunlight. I've got Iris on my laptop so it's sort of preventing the flicker so for me i don't really need blue light blocking glasses i want to get the phase transition of the light right now and again it's just like my, your face is interacting with the light your your skin's interacting with the light it's not just your eyes that truly truly matter although they're very important yeah no i mean all of this stuff every time i hear it, it it's sort of a refresh for me but it always blows my mind every single time. And it reminds me all the things I still do wrong on a consistent basis, as hard as I try. Well, um, again, I, I'm not perfect either by any means. So again, it's all about doing your best. Like really, because again, you could just like being perfect and just, there's no such thing as perfect. We, we just want to get to optimal. And that's about picking your battles and doing your best. So again, even when I'm, saying all this information just do what you can um because again if you've got a partner if you got if you're living at home with your parents if they're paying for the bills like you unfortunately haven't got a leg to stand on so again control your room if you've got the ability get that morning sunlight which is going to be the offset to the artificial light as well homing on your your circadian rhythm in the morning is going to be offsetting a lot of the issues because again your vitamin d levels is a sign of how well you can handle stress in the body. Producing vitamin D is a taxing thing, and it's a sign of good health because it's a stress response, basically. But again, it's going to be the Faraday cage. It's going to be the protective mechanism in our modern world. So again, when I'm in Nicaragua, I'm, I'm, I'm downloading like a MFR. Uh, I'm recharging my semiconductors. So when I basically sometimes go to London or Europe or Abu Dhabi with my clients, I'm protected. I've got some charge on my battery to handle the, the the insults of EMFs and the indoor living there. But again, I'm going to do my best in that jungle of EMFs. Um, so again, this is this is the true thing. And again, it's a bit like what you're doing, Tristan. Is that on the weekends I just see you like up on the up on the mountain, being like a goat. Um, and again, you're getting a, a massive amount of charge and disconnection. So then, when you do your travel to Europe, you you can handle it better. And again, maybe this is the reason why you're, you're getting less effects from traveling and less jet lag, because now your, your body, your water, your semiconductors are working better. Your mitochondria are functioning better. You can handle more stress. 
So again, this is about flexing your health, not being scared about plastics, not being scared about eating conventional meats, not being scared with all these bullshit things out there. And again, not being scared too much about artificial light. Because again, like I'll be driving home from, I don't know when we finish this conversation, but I'll be driving home and I know there'll be like headlights on and there'll be street lamps on maybe. And I might get a bit late to home and I'll be eating around just after sunset. I'm, I'm not going to lose my mind to that because again, that, that the mind has a massive an effect on our, on our biology as well. Oh yeah. And that, that goes back to being perfect. I tried to be perfect. That was part of my entire health struggle was being, trying to be perfect and it, it destroyed me like that mental stress will negate all the good you try to do for yourself. And so that's a huge component to, to sort of like letting, letting the little things go and doing the best that you can do, but also being mindful of, are you actually doing the best you can do? Or are you just saying you're doing the best you can do? Cause I'm sure there are moments that we all go through where we say we're doing our best, but we're truly not. It's sort of like a reflex when someone says that to you sometimes, but it kind of goes back to um, a question that I had, which we may have already answered. But when it comes to like systemic problems in, in our modern society, what do you see personally as perhaps the biggest issue with our current health and society? I think this depends on each country and depends on their education and their health system. So again, in the UK, there's free handouts from the NHS where you could be fairly living a crap life, basically, what I would describe, and the NHS would look after you. So that's a free handout. So people here in Nicaragua, they have to pay for their healthcare. Um, they aren't, unfortunately, not educated about their health. But again, they actually live a good life. They, they for, for a Westerner's perspective, from my perspective, I look at them and I think, okay, they're kind of a beast, they're kind of inflamed, but yet they're happy and they're vibrant. So again, do you need to change anything that much? Again, obviously they can do a few things, but this is the discrepancy, I think. And um, where, where this comes back to your question is about, are people asleep with their health, with their choices? They don't understand that they've got the power to influence their health. And people just think that having been healthy is just like an automatic thing. It, you don't have to do anything for it. It's like your God's right. Basically, you're born with health and this is it. And they don't question anything. They don't think that there's no investment to be made. Yet they understand principles about a business or savings and saving up for a house and paying back a mortgage. They don't see this, any of this, basically, or the financial system, which is obviously touching upon Tristan's book. They don't see the same thing. Principles apply within your health, within your body. Because, again, it's an investment game in your body. Because what is health? Again, what is healthy? What, is, what truly is this? What is the point of looking after your nutrition and doing the stuff that I'm talking about? Well, again, the whole point of this is to slow down how you're, you're using time, basically. To, to spend it, to use your time and spend it wisely on the things that you care about and that, and that you value. And again, if you're, if you're just always caring about your health, you, you're only valuing like your health and be searching for that and not realizing that it's about what you really enjoy connecting with others, giving to others, uh, having memories and experiences. This is the essence of life. But you can't always be context and, and, and connected to about health and okay, I've got to look after my health and be scared about things. Maybe it's a bit confusing what I'm trying to say, but so again, I'd say people are asleep about their health choices. They're misinformed. Um, there's conflicts. 
there's a lot of noise. They don't see that it's a delicate process of investing a bit like a business or a bit like a savings account because your health is carried with you. And again, this is what we have. We have memories and we have experiences. This is, for me, the essence and meaning of life to build. To, and again, going back to like evolution is about a legacy. Like we know the like amazing humans in our history. This is like a legacy. And now we have many humans in this world. Some would say too much, and this is probably a downfall in our society and culture means. Yet we are just like ignorant and not doing amazing feats, maybe one or two people. Um, but again, not like our um, Roman brothers, essentially, or the Egyptians or I don't know, all, all these special people in our history, basically. Or even we can go back to like people in the war. And the front line only like 80 years ago, our great, great granddads, like what they were doing to protect their country. You try to get a modern human teenager to do that, like no chance in hell they'll be able to do what our great, our great grandparents could do because they haven't got the capacity to do what that, like do that mentally, physically and emotionally. Yeah, I think those are all great points. Like, I really like when you can tie health back to just your mental frame of mind. I mean, in general, like, this is what it's all about. We talk about individualism, context dependent, and yeah, everyone is going to be in a different situation. So you just have to do what you can to optimize your health in a certain way, you know, whether that be, you know, watching the sunrise and then, you know, but the rest of the day you have to go to the office and, and be on, under artificial light, but you're doing that to support your family. You know, maybe you have a five-year-old daughter and this is for, you know, you're doing that to support people that you love and then also spend time with people that you love. Um, but at the same time, and I think both Ryan and myself are guilty of this, you know, when, when people do dive headfirst into the health space, they, you know, they do so and become perfectionists very quickly. And we, we've talked about this and they want every gadget under the sun. And I think this is why like the biohacking, you know, mainstream health and fitness community can be so dangerous because it's like all about tracking to the utmost granularity, it's about, you know, getting the aura ring or, or counting calories to the utmost degree. And, and it's like, you're then like, I like we said, Ryan, you're then spending more time just thinking about all that stuff and, and putting energy into that than when in reality, you could do more simple things and then use that energy in your life that actually provides fulfillment. Exactly. So again, what you're doing is you're outsourcing your your consciousness of your health. So you're just looking at ordering statistics, which again is an algorithm. And again, that's not really decentralized approach algorithms. And you're forgetting about your self-subjective feelings. And again, that's very important. And again, I think that ties more to do with, okay, how do you actually feel healthy? How do you actually feel? Not really what the algorithm score of your readiness is. Like, who cares about that? Tell me, tell me about how you feel. Tell me, did you actually, um, I don't wake up with a, an erection. Tell me, I, I, did you wake up with hunger in the morning? Did you, did, how was your dump basically? All, all these like basic things. It's a true reflection of your health. And again, even like blood work, blood work's cool. And functional medicine at certain time and place is cool, but does it really matter? Because, again, we're just fishing for things and we're trying to find things, basically. At the end of the day, if you have optimal health, and, again, it's a bit like how the mitochondria work, they basically drive things at the smallest scales. So when we're talking about, like, heavy metals, when we're talking about microplastics, all these kind of scenarios, 
they can actually dissociate that and um, exclude that, basically. So again, the easy water is an exclusion zone to the smallest level. And again, when we're thinking and getting scared by these products, again, it doesn't mean that we want to be doing things and like having plastic laden tea bags and be consuming like copious amounts of like tuna per se for the heavy metals. But again, it's just understand if we've got optimal health, literally nothing can touch us. And it's a bit like that image of the, the aura. And again, this is the essence of life, basically. It's the redox, because when our charge is high, we've basically got this bubble around us or this like sort of matrix thing where we're like, tsh, tsh, tsh. nothing can really touch that, touch us. But again, we still want to apply common sense and don't want to do anything stupid. But again, this is the essence of flexing your health in a decentralized, empowered way when you know how to use it, when you can make informed choices, when you know you're doing your best and focusing on the things that really and truly matter, not getting tied to whatever Paul Saladino's like saying and like on a food focused approach when he's irradiating himself with blue right, blue light, left, right, center. It is a bit like hypocritical in a way. That's setting your detoxification system up to fail. Again, detoxification enzymes in the gut and in the liver work on light reactions. They're called CYP450 enzymes, the first phase enzymes. That works on 450 nanometer light, which is blue, which is coming from the sunlight. This is also how hormones work optimally as well. But again, it's the blue parceled in with the whole spectrum of light. But again, the moment that you're in artificial light, you're essentially causing a mismatch and basically altering your biology and it's going to fail you. But again, the issue is that one light exposure might not like break the camel's back. But again, over time, it's going to train your body, essentially. Yeah, you need, you need to build resilience, I think. I mean, the way I see it is like we're talking about decentralization, right? And you can't, you know, the theme of decentralization is you can't outsource your responsibilities to anybody. You have to be in control of your health and your life, and only, yeah, take ownership. Yeah, only you can do that, and you know, to the degree which you know. And and what I posted about today is like, how do people even know? They're so disconnected in general. They're not connected to the earth. They're not connected or in tune with their own body. So I posted today. I was like, you know, so many more people. They they need to just cut everything out of their life. Like, could you go a week with no stimulants, no alcohol, no drugs? Not e- how about no supplements and just see how your body feels. Just go outside and then maybe you get more in tune and then you can decide, are you actually, you know, where you want to be from a health perspective? And, and that could be your baseline. Yeah. The blood work. I, I used to be obsessed with blood work too. And it's like, this is a snapshot in time. I mean, if you didn't fast or, you know, something was off or you slept a little different or you breathed a little different, I mean, it could be off. It's a good baseline to do it once a year, but it's like, I think people, get so in tune with numbers and they really need to be in tune with how they feel. And uh, that's truly decentralized to me. Um, I just kind of want to encapsulate everything that you're saying. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, when your biology is working for you and your metabolism is working, you become efficient. You're not wasting electrolytes. You're not wasting resources. You're using water appropriately. And water is the main driver, like we said at the start, of like bioenergetics in our system. So again, you're becoming more efficient, so you need less. 
And when you need less, you become more independent of yourself. But again, people don't understand this. And it's like, I don't know what it is, but people like have a fishing rod and they're just like dangling like, I don't know, a cheese or a trap at people and they're just chasing it. Because again, they're, they're operating down here with so much murky stuff in their way and they can't really see and perceive the, this kind of message. And they get caught up on things because they're chasing things. And again, it's kind of weird to suggest that you need less and you need to go in and ask these questions and you really need to truly understand, okay, why do I really need these things? Why do I need the stimulus of coffee? What's really going on here? Um, what? Because again, like people do things without thinking. People do things without thinking about things now. They do things blindly. Yeah, well, that, I think that's sort of the biggest realization I've had um, talking to different people in the space and talking to other people that have gone through similar health crises like me or talking to Tristan or talking to you is just how, like Tristan was mentioning, how disconnected we are from our own feelings. We may know that we feel like shit, but we don't ask why and perpetually do things on sort of a dopamine hit basis to sort of subverge the 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 true elephant in the room. And so many of us live these lives, like you mentioned, blindly. And that's sort of not necessarily to any fault of anybody because that's the way we've been brought up in a lot of senses to where we aren't meant to critically think about these things for ourselves. And at the end of the day, it does come back onto us as our responsibility to to own up to those things. And that's sort of what the premise of this whole this whole show and all these interviews is about is really putting that responsibility back on you, the audience member, or me, Ryan, or you, Tristan, or you, Ryan, and, and, and owning what we're dishing out, but also the, the consequences of everything we do. Yeah. And I'm totally well, again, this is, yeah, this is the clear message is that you own your health. You should own your money. And again, Tristan knows more about the money situation than I do. But again, like your banks technically have your money. You might think you own it, but you try to go to your bank and ask for your $200,000 they're not going to give you it straight away for fact because they literally don't have it. Now, if everyone had $200,000 in their bank account and everyone asked for it, they haven't got it. Like that, that's how it works. That's the system. So again, you, you own it. You own your health. You should own your money. You own freedom and freedom is all about decentralized. Um, again, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah, we have to understand and take responsibility of it. And I get people online saying, oh, it's easy for me to say it. I'm living a life in Nicaragua or wherever I am. But again, you have to understand that I made these choices. I made these sacrifices. You think I, 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 I was brought up on like a silver spoon? I, I've studied for 10 years doing this. There was times when I was doing my degree of being a nutritionist where I was like, how, like I haven't got any money to pay for my installments or my education. Like, what am I doing here? Um, and I was like, oh, am I really going to be making it? Am I actually good enough to work with clients and do what I'm doing? Again, I had doubts in my mind. But again, I stuck to it. Um, I believed in myself. I worked hard. And again, this is the difference between me and any other nutritionist out there, which again, I go further than what most people go into. They stop and I start. Um, and again, look at my qualifications. Look at the courses I've done. I've, I've, I've put my head in all these spaces and all these niches to truly understand it and then be a specialist, uh, not not a specialist in one niche, but a generalist in understanding the human body. And I'm, again, I'm still learning this every single day. I'm not stopping. Um, 
because again, I want to be the best. I want to be the best for myself and I want to be the best for my clients and lead by example. And again, it doesn't mean that I would expect everyone to take up and like live in the tropics per se. But again, it would definitely be the A star. It would be the icing on the cake because it allows your biology to work much better. This is, this is it, basically. And again, if you've made the choices and you've got responsibilities, you have to do things differently. And again, that, that, that's just how it is. And like I said, it's not about being perfect. It's about, okay, what can we do? Okay, if you're living in London or if you're living in... I don't know, Minnesota, you're going to have to do things differently. You can't take what someone's saying in Costa Rica or what I'd be doing in Nicaragua. There's actually a lot of things that you have to be doing differently. And you have to understand that. And again, this is the issue of when you take a generalist approach or just listening to information and the bait of all these sort of alternative, functional, conventional people online is that they don't understand your context. They don't know who you are. They don't know your struggles. They don't know your fi- financial restraints. Um, they don't know all, all your details, basically. Only you do that, and you need to wake that person up inside your brain and take control and responsibility. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think a good question to sort of follow up with that is like, for Joe Schmo out there, who's sort of working their nine to five, living their life, but they're trying to, they're trying to make these strides for themselves and decentralize themselves more, like how how can you best protect yourself from say you're living in a city in the United States like many people yeah. are like how can you best protect yourself from like these environmental toxins like NEMF all these hear all these buzzwords that instill fear in people and you know somewhat rightfully so like a bunch of crazy stuff out there but it I th- I feel like sometimes scaring everybody with these things can lead to them feeling like they can't have, they can't create any action because they're stuck. So like, what, what are things people can do? Well, I mean, the issue here is like, you'd hear someone in a bodybuilding space or fitness space saying that you need to train and having big muscles is the way to go. And that's the key for longevity. And they would prioritize and value going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning before they start work in the dark. Mm -hmm. um, And say, that's the best thing to be doing based on the context now i would say obviously that's a mismatch and i'd be changing that person's if that was a client of mine i'd be changing those those principles and those habits and i'd be saying okay cool that's probably not a good idea long term for your circadian rhythm and what that blue light is doing to you in that morning again you're burning the candle at both ends so to speak can we actually just train on the weekend at a better time with within that blue light spectrum of the indoor gym or better yet can you actually just walk to work as an example or can you can you do something outside during the day? Is that, is that possible? But again, sticking your workouts on a weekend at a more favorable time will provide dividends. Do you need to tr- like train like BioLane says, or do you need to train like all these hypertrophy people say? No, you don't. Again, like having big muscles is not the be all and end all. And again, it's just, it's the icing on the cake as long as your biology is there for you. Again, it's about efficiency. Um, but again, if you're living in a city, it'll be like seeing the bigger picture, seeing your goals, your aspirations. Again, if your job requires you to live in a city, what about on the weekend going, going camping? And again, there's various studies to show that trips to like camping in the wild can actually reset your circadian rhythm and improve your blood glucose in a short period of time. It's essentially resetting your body. And it's a bit what Tristan's doing is recharging a bit like when you recharge your phone every single night. So again, you can take matters in your own hands. 
again, it's a bit uncomfortable to do. But again, this is what you need to do, be doing for your health. It's not about going to like a bulletproof labs in Santa Monica, dropping a thousand pounds on some wellness shit. It's about actually getting back to the human roots and about these principles that Western A. Price, for example, discovered. And again, it wasn't just about an ancestral diet. It was about an ancestral life approach within the environment, which includes the food angle. But again, it's just like simple things like do what you can controlling your environment. Turn off your Wi-Fi. Turn off your circuit board within your bedroom. Get that morning sunlight. Find a park where you can actually ground, as an example. Take your lunch outside. Turn your phone on airplane mode. And again, stop frying your, your, your testicles with your laptop. Apply distance with technology. Invest in some blue light blocking glasses. Wear a baseball cap if there's like light above your hat, head. These are like first principle thinking of being empowered and just, again, not going around with like a tin metal hat basically or wrapped up in tin foil. Yeah. No, it's really interesting too because um, I mean, so many, there are so many simple options for people that are practically free, like touching dirt, um, free. But it's amazing how reluctant people are to do, like, say, put your phone on airplane mode at night when you're not using it or turn off your Wi-Fi at night, even though you're not using it. Or, you know, I mean, it's really interesting to sort of see the psychological response from people um, that are just doing But this, well, this is what, like I said, like I said, it starts about behavior and behavior derives from the brain. And again, this is going to be a flex of how well your dopamine is going to be working. But even things such as noradrenaline. But again, we know people are very fragile. We know people can't utilize fats, which again is a flex of your adrenaline response. So again, this is the mismatch. How well are people thinking? Not very well. They're making bad choices. Or, or they're just like asleep with the choices that they're making. You know, they're asleep, they're sheep. And again, it's not to call people out and say they're sheep. It's just like they're, they're not taking initiative because they think that the government or these people are there to protect them when they're not. They're clearly not. Again, it's just laughable with like all this bullshit recommendations. And again, I don't know what summit's called, but when you see all these private jets flying to this European summit, and you're like, yeah, Davos, you're like, uh, you can't be serious. And I, my friend was speaking there. I'm like, like, there's no amount, honestly, there's no amount of money that you could pay me to even like do anything for them. Literally. Uh, again, even if someone actually offered me like some horrendous food, I still probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't eat it, even if it was like for $10,000. I like, again, my, my value, my values are very different to most people. No, I'm um, the same way. So, so my question is how, you know, anyone listening to this is going to be pretty like they're on, they're on their way. They're on their way to being more decentralized. They value these things. You know, they probably follow us on social media. They, they, they grasp some of these concepts already. They're fine tuning. How do we crack the people who literally don't even think a second out of the day about any of the stuff that we have just talked about? Like, how do we crack, you know, the 25 to 35 year old males who are just boozing, watching sports, watching football, both English and American version, like all day long on tech all day long? Like, how do we get these people on board that this stuff matters even one percent of them yeah yeah so again it's a it's a hard take it's a very hard takedown because people only do things when what they value gets taken away again with your own health journey 
you only done something about it because there was an accident and you had some like a brain injury that made you to take action or what they told you to do was not getting the results. However, I bet you if you did get the results and they were maybe mediocre, but you got the results, you wouldn't really probably give two shits about all the stuff that you've done in the, like the last five, like five years. So again, it's just about the value in education. And again, this starts at a young age, basically. Within the kids, I actually do think that middle-aged men, unless they've actually had their health taken away in some sort of thing that they value in, whether it's like libido or being laughed at by girls because they're fragile or whatever, um, or, or again, it's it's, it's going to have to take something like that to, to move the needle. Otherwise, it's going to have to be become of like educating young children because their mind's more placid. Again, this is literally probably before social media and technology and before they get abused by it, which again, like kids in, even in Nicaragua, five years old are so addictive to technology. It's unbelievable. In this, even this is part of the world, the poorest country in Central America, the kids still crave technology. But again, it's being curious and most people lead via the outside. So on their physical self. So uh, this is kind of funny. And again, this is something that I think about is I, I typically walk around with my top off and some people look at me and like, what the hell am I doing? And they just don't get it. They, they really don't get it. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, what are these people doing with their clothes on? Like clothes on? And I, I honestly think that the, the invention of wearing clothes was a free pass for allowing the human body to get in a, to get away of being fat because you're covering up your body and it's now not shown and it's sort of hiding. And again, it's not all about the physical self. And again, obesity is very complex. And even if you're kind of overweight, it doesn't actually mean that you're unhealthy by any means. Like a third of obese people are actually metabolically healthy. And again, most people actually don't know that. But again, I think the invention of clothes and covering up allows you a free pass and to get away with having man boobs or having a few donuts around your waist. And again, it doesn't mean you're being an asshole, but being a dominant male and you, you wouldn't want to have that body. So you'd do something about it. So again, I would probably like be radical and like ban clothing to a certain degree. And that would actually take more people care about their physical self which is not the only thing that matters but again it's it's going to be moving the needle to a certain degree again who wants to be pale with a good body so again they're obviously going to have more skin in the game when they be taking their clothes off and again this is the mechanism of actually how you drive dopamine levels in the human body as well yeah i mean everything you said i i, I totally agree with and it's it, that's probably the toughest question to to answer me and Tristan have talked about this a couple of time on the, times on the podcast of how you reach reach the people that seem to be unreachable and the truth is I've come to the conclusion also that um either like you said it starts at early education and it's sort of instilled in them from the beginning or they have to have something traumatic happen to them in some sense and they themselves have to be come seekers of it and it's true that even people that do go through experiences like me, Tristan, or you have gone through. And then we were the ones that sought it out. Many people do not. They stop at that traumatic event. And that is the end of their story, unfortunately. And that's unfortunately too many stories. So that's also part of our well, goal is reaching some of those people. Well, well this is the, I think I'm, I'm not big enough. The, the, the finance 
space. But this is what Bitcoin is essentially waiting at for the collapse of the centralized system. And then people to wake up and people be like, okay, shit, I've got to buy Bitcoin. And that's when they see the value rise in it, basically. So again, this is the waking up. Again, like the, I don't know what it's called, but the event, uh, there's a name for it. Um, but again, th this should really be happening in the health space. But again, maybe it will. Maybe the health system essentially should be tied to the financial system and it will collapse. And the government will be like, okay, cool, we can't afford the studies about these pharmaceuticals anymore. And again, it'll be up to yourself to be looking after your health and your insurance people just can't do it anymore. And again, this will be the initiative to take action and care about what you're putting in your body. Um, or there'll be initiatives with the government, hopefully maybe one day where they'll be like, okay, cool, if you're healthy and we don't need to pay your medication, then you can get some tax relief as a result. Maybe something like that. But yeah. again, how would you define that? How would you define your health again? At the end of the day, it's, it's a self-subjective thing. It's not based on like your fucking cholesterol levels, which you know we know is a bit laughable of seeing it as a metric of, of vitality. Because again, there's so much context with that. So again, how do we define this? Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think Japan Japan's like the only country they have like a waistline limit on health insurance. But mm -hmm. but no, in general, I think you're totally what you're saying is leading on to exactly what I believe in. And I, I think everything's connected, right? So like if at a high level, people are losing trust in all centralized systems. They're losing trust in the monetary system, they're losing trust in the government at a high level, they're losing trust in their doctors. Because there's more decentralized education out there, maybe not all of it, you know, is spick and spam and perfect, of course, but people are realizing that they can learn this stuff on their own. So I think the the waking up is since COVID is, you know, risen dramatically. And I think we just need to keep playing into that. I mean, the rise of, you know, traditional masculinity is on is 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 rising, you know. I mean, people like Andrew Tate are like just blown up because of this shit. And you know, some of the yeah. stuff he says oh, is I mean, good. But I'm just saying, you know, there's yeah. people who I, I are agree, I agree. He's, for that. Yeah. Hundred percent. And again, it's it, it, it with him, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff that he does say, and again, there's a lot of like crap as well. Exactly. Again, again, he's it's a bit like Mark Kyman. Again, like he's he's at the end of it, he is doing a good message and a good service in the right direction. And again, we can nitpick that. But again, his reach is amazing. He's doing some good things. And again, there's a lot of conflict that he does say. But even the same thing with Andrew Tay or all these masculinity figures. But again, do they actually know what they're talking about? Is it all about masculinity? What is masculinity? So it's really hard to really understand that and define that, in, in my opinion. Um what does that mean? And again, it's a bit like ancestral approach to food. How does that actually make sense in our modern world? Or if we just take the only ancestral approach of our, um, the studies that we look at, how does this apply in someone in the, in, in the centralized world or in a big city? It is, it's, a, it's, it's very hard. But again, it's, it's about spreading the message and it's about ruffling the feathers. It's about people to take action. It's about waking people up. That sometimes cause like that to cause that we need to disrupt. We need something to to put people in the the eyes basically, or splash water on them, or do ice baths to see what's the potential of things. To see like, wow, I didn't realize I could feel this great. Oh, I didn't realize is like didn't realize I could actually save five days a year of not wasting my time in the doctor's office and all this kind of shit. 
Like we need these people to wake up. Yeah. And I, what I'm saying is basically, I think that trend is going to continue. So we just need to keep, you know, the education train flowing and, you know, the reach will, will grow. So, um, you know, one, one thing I kind of want to transition back to maybe something we, we touched upon earlier, right? It's like, you're in Nicaragua, you're talking about going to this place, obviously, you know, high, high UV, high sunlight exposure, really connect with nature to recharge. You know, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of health influencers have moved to, you know, the beach, Central America, wherever. And it seems like, you know, the easiest way to live most optimally, right? Um, so what, would you say that's the case? And then, of course, you know, for us folks living at these higher latitudes, and also you talked about haplotype earlier. I believe that's referring to, you know, like mitochondrial latitude, uh, you know, genetics. And, you know, what can people do who don't have the ability to go to these, you know, lower latitudes near the equator and, and recharge? What is what is the most op optimal way to, you know, go about living like in a cold environment, say, for six months of the year? And um I, I, I've, you know, obviously well, been listening to there's like, a few, there's a few, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a few questions. Like, um, again, you don't need to be on the beach. You don't need to be doing what I'm doing. Like you can get good health where you are. However, it's going to take a little bit longer to achieve that because there's a short period of time of the year where the sun's like occurring. However, doing what you're doing by going into the, the altitude up the hill is actually getting closer to the sunlight. And then you've got the albino effect of the sun, uh, of the snow. So actually you're drastically changing your environment by just doing that rebellious act. So again, I don't think you need to be like going to the tropics. For me, like I said, I'm from the UK. My haplotype is like from the UK, I'm uncoupled, meaning I like to release heat um, and be cold. So I think... For me, I actually crave or think or desire to be in the hills somewhere in Switzerland in the Alps. I think that'd be an amazing another place to live. Or in the UK, my mum's got a cottage in the countryside. For me, that's that's ideal. It's away from people. It's away from the modern cities. It's in sparse greenery. For me, that's that's a golden ticket. That's something ideal. And maybe obviously not uprooting going to Central America. But if you're in London, that's a realistic like way to go. And like I said, it, it does take longer to rebuild your health in, in that kind of environment because the light environment is slightly different. But again, there's, there's still major pluses of being that. Um, and again, it's about embracing the seasons. It's about respecting the seasons. And again, respecting your body, realizing that, okay, maybe muscle building and like having carbs is in a shorter window of time of the year. And maybe the other times of the year where it's cold, you're going to be like recharging and sleeping more. But again, who's to say that you can't leverage that? And in fact, in even doing cold therapy, and again, not jumping in ice baths, but just by being cold outside, you're actually changing your biology. You actually can increase dopamine levels that way. You, you can do all the things that you get from sunlight in the cold. People are just disconnected and disattached to it. And this is like how our, how our modern world is living, where we're just taken out of it. We're inundated with AC. Or if it's not the AC in the summer, it's going to be with their heaters on in the winter. And again, this, this costs the AC bills, the electricity bills, the heating bills, the gas bills. So again, the more decentralized and healthy you are, the, the, the lower cost of your living bills would be. Um, 
And again, hopefully this makes you save. Maybe this makes you save some money to go on a holiday to the tropics in the winter when it's really dark and depressing. This would be a big save, like a help, a big healthy act and probably more beneficial than spending and wasting money on a functional medicine test per se or supplements or $60, $60 on some organ meats when you can just like grow some balls and just eat the organ meats itself, like itself. Um, not being fragile. I think, I think this is the rebellious act to get towards. Um, in terms of like, uh, what was the haplotype question? I, I was just, you know, mentioning what it was and, and how that could be relative to, to people where they, where they are at. Yeah. So again, this is just basically how your mitochondria to a certain degree can handle cold and in laced with that, there's obviously some SNPs involved. So certain expressions of, of genes, which can be influencing by like methylation or the ability to handle sulfur or tying back into like your dopamine or serotonin function, or even things such as your vitamin D receptor, which is going to be a key SNP involved here, or even like your vitamin D binding protein. So again, how well are these functioning would be a reflection of how much sunlight you really need. So understanding this, again, this would be like down the line of working with maybe a clinician who can understand your unique needs uh, and tie it into how your genes are or your, your blueprint works, basically. But even like tying back to methylation, not a lot of people actually understand this, but a methyl group actually is like got loads of hydrogens. Well, hydrogens around it, around this carbon group. And again, these hydrogens need to be unique. Now, this is the story of like, okay, carbs, fats, and all this kind of shit. Because again, carbohydrates typically from the tropics are going to be higher in a thing called deuterium. And again, there's no problem with that if you're living in the environment, because naturally you can deplete deuterium with the sun. Or how healthy a circadian rhythm, you deplete deuterium every single day when you piss and shit in the morning. And the, this is where the problem comes in, because methylation is uh, tied into like your deuterium levels tied into how well you can hydrate your proteins. Again, this is actually tying into how well you can uncouple in your mitochondria. And again, a lot of people understand about, okay, cool, I can uncouple proteins within cold therapy. But energy metabolism actually has another uncoupling protein, which is not connected to cold therapy. And this is called UCP2. This ties into how like, well your hydrogen and deuterium levels work, or your H plus and deuterium levels work in your cell. And this is driving energy. This is driving water production, carbon dioxide. Um, so again, it's a bit like listening to pro-metabolic health people when you live in your when you live in your specific environment is a misnomer. It again, it might make you feel good for a few weeks because again, who doesn't feel good eating orange juice and drinking juices and eating carbohydrates? It's hedonic. It's it's a it's a good stress reliever. However, it's, it's, it's not about that. It's respecting your biology and doing what all the wild animals do to a certain degree. And sure, does that have to be 100% play by, uh, play, a playbook? No, there, there could be some like 80-20 flex there uh, to a certain degree. But again, this would be a flex of how well your mitochondria are working for you to get away with maybe a few things here and there. Whether you can have a bit of a juice with a friend or, I don't know, have some coffee or dark chocolate, which obviously doesn't grow in Iowa. Idaho, sorry. Um, again, it doesn't mean they're bad foods. It just means it's a mismatch. Um, so again, this is like tying into understanding how like 
your haplotype works. And again, this is maternally derived. So again, this is coming from our mothers, our grandmothers. And again, it's just understanding that. And that will reflect the environment, things like cold therapy, how well you'll do. And again, it's like kind of interesting to see like African-Americans, they actually don't do well with cold therapy. They don't do well in colds because again, this is a flex of how their mitochondria work. And again, even understanding African-Americans, their blood work is actually going to be different. Their lung function, their red blood cell um, levels, oh no, sorry, the red blood cell profiles are going to be different to most white Europeans. Not a lot of clinicians know this. Um, and again, it, it thrives on their skin. They need more sunlight. They have different oxygen tensions. But again, most people see that with just vitamin D levels, um, and just think, okay, cool, just take supplements. It's nothing to do with that. It's pretty interesting because I think on the face, a lot of the things people can do on a regular basis, uh, no matter really where they're at, sort of overlap, especially when it comes to light, light exposure. I mean, maximizing it in peak seasons, especially when you're in a northern hemisphere, is is ideal. And and especially based on, like like Tristan was mentioning, your haplotype, um, us all of us being pretty European, so summer is going to be like the big make or break for well, us. And I think a lot of people. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. The winter's there for you to get ready for the summer. So when you naturally go on a lower carb diet, which should be the case if you follow the farmer's market, you're ready and you're going to be downloading that sunlight when it appears very well. So again, this is tying into your deuterium levels in your body, reflecting your carbohydrate intake. And again, this is going to have a big reflection on like your glutathione levels. This is going to have a big reflection of how well you're making vitamin D and converting it in 125. Um, all, all these kind of things, it's, it's tied into the seasons. Yet when you're looking at a study of a general population, you can't see this. You just see, okay, cool, this is the one marker that you should have all year round. Well, there's fluctuations of cholesterol. There's fluctuations of vitamin D. There's fluctuations of your glucose. It shouldn't be like, okay, cool, 88 is the magic number, and this is what we should be aiming for. It, it, do, it doesn't work like that. Your biology is adaptable. Your microbiome is adaptable. Again, like there's a guy called Jeff Leach who was on um, the Western A. Price, um, a Western, oh, sorry, a, a Western A. Price uh, YouTube video. And again, he's been studying the Hazda for many years, and again, he's like completely immersed in all the data and he sees the changes within their microbiomes within the season he can actually he would actually test them and like give them antibiotics and junk food and see their population of their microbiome literally bounce back overnight because how well they're connected in the environment it's just astonishing and yet you listen to gut gurus in our modern world and it'd be like, oh my God, like you've got to be this and you've got to be having this and it's about this. And they're talking about like the best composition of a stool test. They haven't got a simple idea. And again, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what's shown in the stool test. If you're getting good stools and it's like in the morning and you have no digestive issues per se, because you have got optimal health, why would you really care? And why would you bury your head in the hole with all about all this like dietary nonsense about plants and fiber and stuff? when we know there's a massive variation and your microbiome is adaptable within the seasons and even like how sunlight interacting your body can modulate your microbiome as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of things, uh, especially tie back to tie back to light. And that's something that I think I'd like to talk about in another podcast with you in the future and kind of dive into all that. I mean, that's that's a, that's a whole thing. Um, but it's it's super fascinating. But like, I think really like the premise of our discussion today is you firstly need to be connected with yourself and your environment around you before you can actually make any subtle decision to move in the right direction because otherwise you're just pissing in the wind because it's like if you don't understand any of this connection that you have already or how you're feeling and all this stuff you're not going to move the needle in any one which way you know yeah i mean that should be tied together with your health improving your ability to think better will directly make better choices and again it's a bit like when you're thinking better you're going to be making more better financial choices as well where you'd be like, okay, do I really want to have all my money in the bank or that one bank? Or do I really want to be tied into this property? Is it actually more financial, uh, financially um, beneficial for me to actually just be renting in this moment in time when things are a bit turmoil, uh, a bit in the turmoil, uh, sorry, when, a bit, when things are a bit up in the air? Um, so again, when you're thinking better, you make better choices. But that's tied to how well you're making energy and controlling for information or chaos in the human body yeah because again so speaking, if you're inflamed you're going to be having more choices exactly no and and speaking of of energy and like thinking more acutely and all these things um i know you talk a lot about dha could you sort of give us a summary of, of why dha is critically important for all of the above that we've sort of talked about up until this point yeah, so it's a unique fatty acid, which again is deemed essential. And it's been part of human evolution from day one, 600 million years ago. And its, its properties are kind of unique with how it has a cloud, a pie cloud around it. And again, when it interacts essentially with light or with dopamine, it, its structure sort of changes and this cloud goes flat and it runs like a cable of electricity in the human body, basically. So this is why it's unique. Um, and again, it is a poofer. Yeah, again, there's this guy online who follows like Ray Pete stuff. And again, he'll be like so anti-poofer, it's unbelievable. Um, but again, we know it's tied within the brain. There's the, the concentrations of DHA in the brain is through the roof. But again, this is tied back down to the essence of like the epipaleo diet that hopefully one day you have like Jack Cruz on your podcast who can obviously touch upon this but he'll probably get irritated with talking about diet anyway. But again, the epipaleo diet is his belief of how humans evolved from Africa, basically. How humans evolved as an ape from Africa, and it was tied to coastal ways, essentially. And eating seafood allowed for the unique components of seafood or fish, alongside iodine, iron, B12, selenium, zinc, all the, the, the nutrients for brain and thyroid health to grow the human brain. Again, there's a guy called Michael Crawford in the UK who talks about this as well. And he's got a great book called uh, The Survival of the Fattest. And again, this is kind of ironic because it used to be about survival of the fattest. Now everyone's fat around us. And again, this is because of the abundance of calories and food and how we're interacting with light, which is changing the choices in our behavior. When in fact energy availability was very rare back there back then and being a beast or being fat was was the key driver for survival 
yet the opposite scenarios occurred in our physiology and in our environment uh, right now. But again, basically, these the DHA and the components of seafood is tied to how well we're thinking and driving energy and information in the human body. And it has some weird quantum physics properties as well. Um, so bioelectrically. Um, and again, tied to dopamine production, uh, tied to the sensitivity of the cell. Um, and again, it's actually there to be oxidized. It's there to be recycled. Again, we hear oxidation a lot or antioxidants or oxidants and damage as being a bad thing. Well, again, it's not for, it's not really a bad thing if it's controlled. And again, vitamin C gets oxidized. Vitamin E gets oxidized. Glutathione gets oxidized. All these sort of healthy molecules get oxidized. But again, there's a recycling process that's built in. We have this within DHA. We have it within the eye with its own system of recycling. That's also tied with vitamin A and carotenoids within our eyes as well. Um, but again, the issue arises is when we're now approaching this sort of blue light environment, the mechanism's basically gone backwards and it becomes counterproductive and we're oxidizing at the wrong time and we're doing it too much. And again, this is causing these um, oxidative byproducts to come into our circulation at the wrong times of a day. Plus, our cells are just essentially distorted and not creating this free radical response appropriately. This ties in with oxygen. This ties in with having these the glutathione there. This ties into superoxide dismutase, catalase there. Again, people would talk about like copper for that, zinc for that, zinc for this, uh, selenium for this. But again, it ties into how we're controlling free radicals um, and oxidation within the mitochondria, this combustion of food. And again, if that's not controlled for, we can actually have too much or too little free radical signals. And again, this is tied into obesity or anorexia. And again, this is like the problem because this gets backed up. And again, this gets backed up within the cell. And then this is going to be creating damage within the cell membrane. And again, DHA is just the bystander of these uh, these problems. So DHA is unique. Um, but again, when we have optimal health, we don't need copious amounts. We don't need to be doing uh, the recommendations that Rhonda Patrick's talking about. And again, that would be fish oil or lead. That's not the whole package when we're talking about seafood. It hasn't got the taurine. It hasn't got the little bit of vitamin E there. Um, it's, it's not going to have these oxidative products found in fish oil in the, on the supermarket shelf. Um, so this is the key thing here. When we're eating a food first approach, we can't really go wrong. Even the DHA is going to be protecting or the DHA is found in seafood. But again, you'll hear people saying, I can't eat that because of the mercury or the cadmium or whatnot. But again, if you have good health, it's not going to be a concern. And again, you can find studies to prove your point in anything. But again, you can find studies in like the uh, polar Indonesian islands of women eating a copious amount of like bluefin tuna diet. Their offspring had no issues within their IQ. They didn't have high mercury levels tested. So again, is it actually the tuna, which is the issue of the mercury? Or is it actually modern humans with predispositions and the inability of having good health causing the problem here? This is the question. And again, it's common sense. Like, would I right now in Nicaragua be having tuna? Because again, I can find tuna in the, sea, in the seafood market here. Uh, again, I probably eat it. I wouldn't have it like five times a week or go crazy with it. But again, I have good health. I'm doing the things to invest in my system. So again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that or even being concerned with oysters and cadmium because I know my body can handle it. 
it, it's working well. Just tying a bow on DHA. So you, so you mean the levels, you know, like Rhonda Patrick's recommending are, are quite outrageous, but isn't it more important for people who are at higher latitudes and to have yeah, more well, DHA yeah, and so, the fish have more in cold waters, right? You said that earlier. So again, yeah. So, so when you're around the equator, naturally the fish mm-hmm. doesn't have significant DHA levels. Again, your body's uting, utilizing a lot of melanin instead. Yep. So again, it doesn't mean that you need to be absent of DHA. But again, there's more saturation of fats in this environment, i.e. like coconut oil. Um, and again, you'll be consuming more carbohydrates here. Fat would be playing less of a role in your metabolism per se. When you're in like Northern Hemisphere, again, DHA is the, the true mechanism of changing your cell membranes, changing the, the receptors in the cell membrane influencing your body temperature because again you don't really want to be having coconut oil in the northern hemisphere again if you bought coconut oil from a health shop and you put it in like outside what's going to happen to it it's going to solidify again do you want that in your cell membranes no so again you want to be eating like this fluid fat again largely that's going to be polyunsaturated fatty acids or monounsaturated fatty acids. Naturally, that occurs in animals as well. So there's a unique ratio of these fatty acids within the, within the animals and also within the fish. But again, that's going to be allowing you to be more, um, what, well, playing within your environment within the cold. So it's going to transduce the signal of cold greater. So again, your ability to handle cold is going to be tying into DHA more so. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I I was reading about that recently as well. And, you know, I think it's interesting how people get so gung ho about, you know, beef and these extremely high saturated fat content foods. And it's all people eat here in the winter. When you look at the wild animals have much lower fat content, but you know, the fish and nuts, probably more PUFA monounsaturated. So so it's really interesting um, to think about all that, you know, perspective in terms of what people actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think you need to get too caught up about like particular ratios of the fats basically, or go out your way of, okay, I need to have a high saturated fat diet. Uh, I don't, I think it's just, you just eat within the seasons within like locality. Again, I don't think you should be eating excess beef fat by any means or eating Wagyu beef. It, It doesn't make any sense. I don't believe you need to be drizzling your food excessively with olive oil either, or adding copious amount of butter to your food. It, it, it doesn't really make sense. Um, and again, like mechanistically, you can see issues within that with a thing called endotoxins with high fat meals or even high carb meals causing problems. And again, we'll see the problems more so in the modern human who can't control their, their permeability well. Uh, and again, that's going to be tied to vitamin D levels. It's going to be tied to vitamin A cycles and how that's working in your stress response. Yeah, yeah. I th- again, I th- so again, DHA again specifically in the food form gets uptaken in your central nervous system. That's where it truly matters. That's where we need the fats. That's like the organ of importance, the brain, and that's what separates us from all other animals on this planet. Basically, that's the key thing. And again, when you take a fish or a supplement, you you yeah, maybe you'll get changes when then you test your blood levels. But again. Is this actually having a, an effect truly in the brain? I don't think so. Um, 
And again, it's not going to be packaged with the, the, the other cofactors driving how it fundamentally works, which ties into iodine. And again, iodine is a unique nutrient to understand. And again, you see the issues here typically in most people is because, again, when they go on a low-carb diet, after time, maybe they try it for a few, a few months and they get, oh, I get cold and all this kind of shit. So again, like, tell me about how your thyroid's working. Like, is it actually anything to do with insulin signaling or insulin and you need glucose? No, it's pretty based on the environment and how DHA and iodine is working within your human body. So again, most of these people are not eating copious amounts of seafood or they started a low carb diet and they truly didn't rectify the environment or they're literally just not eating enough calories or energy in the first place. Because again, when you eat low carb, slightly a little bit more fat and protein, like again, you, you need to be eating food or utilizing your body fat. Most people just automatically think they can just burn fat free willingly, like uh, as a as a take as a taken. Uh, sorry, most people think that they can just burn fat instantly. It doesn't really work like that. That's operational on the mitochondrial level. How well they can beta oxidize, and again, like run organic acid tests, look at how well you're burning fats. And again, most people don't burn fats very well. Um, so again, there's the context there when people go low carb and then, okay, I, I finally feel bad in my thyroid, my body temperature. Again, well, tell me how much iodine you're consuming in seafood. Yeah. So, so last question on the seafood, I, you know, we're in Utah, it's extremely landlocked. I, for a while, I was just kind of eating, you know, beef, the elk I hunted, antelope. I didn't really eat a ton of seafood. Um, but then kind of recently I've been getting more back into, you know, eating, you know, wild sockeye, sardines, salmon roe, oysters. None of these things are from Utah or Wyoming, right? But they're from, you know, maybe similar latitudes or slightly higher latitudes. Do you think that is fine? You know, or, you know, what do you, what do you recommend for landlocked people who don't have access to seafood? You know, is this the one exception where you can eat? you know, something that's not technically local? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably draw a line within like the latitudes yeah. or river fish as well. But obviously that, that comes with the problem of most farming issues, yeah. uh, which again is going to have the issue of like most conventional farm animals. So again, there'll be people out there saying like, oh, it doesn't really matter. It's just more important just eating the food. Um, again, I... I personally probably wouldn't eat farmed fish. I think it's probably worse than farmed beef uh, to a certain degree. Um, and I think that's literally just dependent on our digestive tract, how that, that actually plays out. Um, again, it's about doing your best. And again, you can just eat seaweed. Seaweed would be tied to it as well. Um, but again, naturally, there might have been rivers there. So maybe there would have been like some salmon that... I don't salmon doesn't the, go that. There are uh, trout some, and, something similar. and salmon yeah. in some of the lakes and rivers here. It's just a lot of the lakes and rivers, you know, we're, we're just, probably talking just... more pollutants than in the ocean just because it's smaller bodies of yeah. water. So it's tough. And you have to go yeah. catch it too. So again, <laughs> yeah. So again, a great book, like a guy called, um, I've actually forgotten his second name, but it's like, his book's called Estrogenation. Mm. And again, like he, he found some amazing studies talking about farmed river fish and how it's just like, and just a no go. And even yeah. like the waterways of Florida just are so trashed, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But again, again, going to your point, like I, I would just like do the best you can. Tie it to your attitude or I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. 
I think that's again, fair. I think it's more important. Yeah, but again, I, I I wouldn't advise you to be like again. How much is an avocado where you are? I don't buy avocados. They're probably like two dollars, but I definitely don't eat them. Yeah, again, it's it's again, yeah. So again, it's like it's probably more. I think seafood provides more than like an avocado to your biology. If you were going to import an avocado and not blink an eye, I think it's more important that like seafood takes precedent over an avocado for your biology as a human being. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah, um, just to wrap up here, maybe like one last question. So we've talked a lot about, you know, decentralization from the health perspective. I think just to summarize everything we've, you know, you've brought up, which has been fantastic is, you know, the individualism um, at the, you know, latitude level, at the environmental level, at the haplotype level, this all matters. I mean, the only way for you to be truly decentralized with your health is to get in tune with your body and your environment, do the best you can under the, you know, circumstances you're in, but light does matter. Circadian biology does matter. It's under prioritized in mainstream health. It's probably in my eyes, I'm seeing this, this trend. It's probably, I think the fastest growing space within the health community, I would say just from my perspective, which is good. I'm excited about it. And these are free health hacks. The best health hacks are, are low cost, you know, we're free grounding sunlight um, getting, you know, just slightly higher quality food instead of eating junk and getting it delivered um, is something we've talked about. Um, but taking ownership, of course, of your health is, is really how you achieve more decentralization. Decentralization, don't outsource it. And uh, yeah, that comes in tune with a lot of the other topics we talked about. So the last question is here, Ryan, you, you brought this up, you know, like five times. Are, are, you, a, are you a Bitcoiner now or, or what? <laughs> No, I still haven't got Bitcoin in the game yet. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I read your book and I was like, I'm a, I was a step closer. And then like, I think the thing that's like breaking me is like how to set it up. Uh, like, again, it's just like, it's, for me, it feels like kind of complicated. Um, again, I, if it fluctuates like $5,000, like, I'm not really too bothered. I obviously just want to put something in there. But again, I, I don't understand the, the security and setting up aspects. It has for me. It hasn't been explained very well. I think you tried to do it for me when I asked you on a WhatsApp once. But again, I don't want to be like a pain in the ass. But uh, yeah, I mean, so the answer to the question is no, not yet. But it it, it needs to happen. I know that. So again, I'm not perfect yet. Don't don't hate on me. <laughs> no no that's good i mean it, it shows that you know you 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 value the mindset behind it i think of course already obviously you've shown that today so maybe i'll i'll send you some so some things to read to help from the self custody perspective i think that could be helpful because uh yeah i think getting some skin in the game in that aspect will be very beneficial even if it's you know a small amount in the next you know 12 to 18 months here so We'll see, but we appreciate you coming on the show. Definitely have to have you back in the future for more, you know, more of a deep dive on, on light and, and quantum health and everything. But it's uh, it's always a pleasure, Ryan. So thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you. Well, it's been a great conversation and um, anytime. Yeah. And, and you know, you're Livite on all social media, right? And you have a website, Livite.com. That's the best place to find you. Yeah, definitely. Website, Twitter, 
which I'm slightly more active in than Instagram. But Livite UK on Twitter, Livite on Instagram. Again, email me. Um, the direct messages are a bit of a waste of space, in my opinion. So just email me if, if um, anyone wants to know more. Fantastic. All right. Well, hopefully we didn't t- keep you too long and you can enjoy uh, the Nicaraguan sunset. And I know I'm going to go outside because there's finally some sun shining right now. Catch the sunset. Yep. Me too. Thanks again, Ryan. Thanks.